Charlie here from Everyday Superhumans. The Austin Film Festival, which is also a nonprofit, asked us to help them out on their crowdfunding campaign. They are raising money for their eighth season of On Story, which shares about the power of storytelling with audience around the world. And you can actually find it in different formats, including our favorite podcast. You can help fund their campaign at www.seedandspark.com slash fund slash on story. So that's again, www.seedandspark.com slash fund slash on story. Anyways, let's go to the episode. Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I'm Charlie. And I'm Kyle. And we are talking about one of my favorite topics. And that is dogs, right? Yeah, no, but (laughs) it's a topic that I have a degree in. In Dogology? No, I sounded like a question mark. (laughs) I have a degree in it. (laughs) Okay, what is it? Well, we're talking about film. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I remember this interview now. It was just like it was yesterday. Yeah. Actually, it's two <laughs> days ago from this recording <laughs> session, so it wasn't like yesterday. Might have been the quickest turnaround in, in history. It, Is yeah, it? in history ever. No podcast has turned around on podcast <laughs> as quickly before. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a really special one because we were asked by the Austin Film Festival to record an episode to help them promote their charity campaign, which you may have heard in the opening clip. And we were able to talk to Barbara Morgan, who is the executive director and co-founder of the Austin Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that's really unique, though, about the Austin Film Fest is that they focus a lot on the writing aspect of film. Which, as we were saying before we started recording, you described it as like the middle child of film. Yeah. Nobody really knows who, like, who these famous writers are. We know the directors, we know the actors, yeah. but we don't know who the writers are. It's crazy, too. And I liked how she categorized it in different aspects. So she went into TV shows, how the writer is the golden boy mm-hmm. of a TV show. But then in film, it's, it's the middle child. Yeah. yeah. And then... In playwriting, it's all all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was a really eye-opening experience to me as a somebody with a film degree and just a casual moviegoer. I had a really... Like, it was like a crash course into the film industry this time. Also, I was also impressed with uh, how many things that the Film Fest does. Yeah. Their name's kind of misleading. They yeah. are a film fest. They start out as a film fest, but they also have a bunch of other programs like summer camps for kids that want to get into film and film writing. Uh, a conference to celebrate the writers that happens at the same time as the film fest. They have a podcast and a TV show. Uh, they both cover the same name. They're called On Story. They are a show about the behind the scenes, mostly writing side of film. And they have a 25 year vault. Mm-hmm. All their archives are online for everything in the conference and also On Story, which is a public access show. So it's basically a nonprofit TV show. Also, they have a film and screenwriting competition mm-hmm. too. And the competition and festival is going on in October 25th to November 1st. So this episode is jam-packed with all my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And I was just mouth wide open throughout the whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. Just being like, oh, I like, I wanted to go and produce movies and 
Oh yeah, go I was on inspired. stage and everything. As somebody who's been wanting to do a fictional podcast for a while, I'm like, damn, I gotta go to this conference and learn how to write a script. Yeah, the inner Steven Spielberg has <laughs> popped up into me again. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go reconsider careers and uh, get back with you at the end of the episode. My name is Barbara Morgan. I'm the executive director of the Austin Film Festival. I'm the co-founder. 25 years ago, we did our first festival. And uh, it was always a writer's festival, which was in the film festival world, a very unique thing. Nobody had ever done one before for writers. And we were just lucky because Austin had a film community, a pretty strong film community already back then. But um, where it had incredible strength was in the writing world. Screenwriters, there were a lot of screenwriters who lived here and had for a long time. And the reason that you you know really see people like Robert Rodriguez and... Uh, Mike Judge and all those And there. Mike Judge and, and all those guys here is because there was a whole generation before them of screenwriters who managed to live and work out of Austin instead oh. of LA. People like Bill Whitliff and Bud Schrake, Bill Broyles, who started Texas Monthly. I mean, a lot of guys who had film and, and television backgrounds. Mm. Bill Whitliff wrote and produced Lonesome Dove. Toby Hooper, of course, did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, and so the, these guys all actually were here in mm. Austin. And you could do that. You could be a writer and live here and just fly back and forth to L.A. Yeah, um, what's the draw of Austin compared to just like living in L.A.? Just lower stress here? Is it easier to write? Or what um, is it? You can live in Austin and do what the hell you want. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't have to deal with the day-to-day industry BS, you know, uh, and as, okay. a, and as yeah. a writer, you know, if you're an actor, you have to be in front of people's faces and you really can't do that. If you're a director, you really have to be in front of people's faces for the mm-hmm. most part. So it's a, a lot harder to be a director here. Mm-hmm. There certainly are a few of them for sure. Um, if you worked in TV, you know, you couldn't do that because you had a writer's room, but now in a remote world, it was, it's a very different story. I mean, mm-hmm. Noah Hawley who created Legion and, oh. and Fargo, the TV series mm-hmm. actually lived here for for a while and was going huh. back and forth and doing it remotely. And so there, there are opportunities here. It's a little harder in TV, but there's a lot of opportunities here to do that. And obviously Robert Rodriguez and Mike Judge and Linklater, they've all been able to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it's changed, but as a writer, you could do it because you didn't have to be in front of, you got hired to do a job and you didn't have to be in front of somebody's face all the time. You could sit in your room and mm-hmm. write your script, turn it in, and then go there to deal with notes and changes and or be on set. Mm-hmm. I bet Austin was a little oasis in the Hollywood fast life. Yeah, that's how those people all described it to me back then. And they were <laughs> fellows. So it was, you know, mostly men. But they they all had a similar story that way. And they could, you know, also a lot of them, especially as writers, came out of the journalism world. And they were doing that here anyway. Um, you know, Bud wrote for Sports Illustrated. And Bill Broyles had Texas Monthly. Bill Whitliff had a... Uh, Encino Press, so he published books. He had published Larry McMurtry and a bunch of other, you know, really great people. And so, you know, he had that background too. So it was just, you could get away with a lot of stuff here. So. Yeah. Yeah. You said that the Film Fest uh, is more writer focused than like production focus. Mm-hmm. Is it just because the community is so large here or are they kind of underappreciated in the industry? Well, somebody actually, when we, when it got published in the paper that we were going to do this festival, there wasn't an, another film festival in Austin that was for just the general public. The only actual film festival that was here was a, a genre fest. It was the Gay and Lesbian Festival. And that okay. was that was all that was in Austin at the time. Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, a really solid market, but there wasn't just anything that was showing Hollywood films mm. or... And so we 
decided we were going to do that and it got published in the statesman and then we had no choice but to do that and <laughs> so so then uh you know sort of blessings and curses at the same time and we had uh, somebody call us and say hey you, you know i'm involved in film mm. his name was fred miller and he said i think you know there's a lot of screenwriters here in town mm. And maybe you should think about that, which is brilliant, right? And and as it turned out, I knew a couple of those people okay. just from my other life. Mm-hmm. And so it was a it was kind of this focused idea that we had background for here and people like Bill Whitlift and Bill Broyles who mm-hmm. Bill Broyles also wrote Apollo 13 mm-hmm. and with um, Al Reinert and they lived here they mm-hmm. associated with Texas Monthly so we had already these people that we knew and when we said hey we're going to do this they said sure We'll help you. Mm. And of course, they knew a lot of really integral people in LA in that world. And so right away, we got the support of the Writers Guild uh, in Los Angeles. And the Academy of Motion Pictures was actually Mm -hmm. being run by one of the most infamous screenwriters, Frank Pearson, who gave us Dog Day Afternoon Mm -hmm. and really great films. And he was amazed that somebody cared enough to do something about screenwriters because mm-hmm. nobody had mm-hmm. before. So we got a lot of support immediately. We were very lucky. And that was a good idea to do that. And then the other thing is because we were about writers, mm-hmm. we did not do any VIP stuff. So mm-hmm. so we had no places where people could go to get away from our registrants. And we started a competition as part of it. Mm-hmm. And that first year we got 2,400 films in. Or screenplays, <laughs> sorry. 2, oh, wow. I guess yeah. like, that's a lot of films. 24, yeah, 2,400 yeah. screenplays. Well, now we get like 6,000 films. But <laughs> but we got like 2,400 scripts that first year. And we you know, were like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> The support of having the support of the industry was really great. You know, they, the especially the academy and the and the writers. Guild. How many films do you have during the first year? We didn't actually have a competition for films in the first year. We started okay. that year too, so we really had to work hard to get films that first year. Studios didn't. They were like, "Who are you? Who's your audience? Mm-hmm. They, we don't know. You're going to fill these films." So it was very hard getting that. But we did like the first year. We had Robert Town here, and he was famous for Chinatown. And so that was huge to have him. We had Mm -hmm. five Academy Award winning screenwriters here and they all presented stuff at the Paramount Theater. And so nobody had invited writers to speak. They Mm -hmm. weren't used to being invited anywhere. Mm -hmm. I I can't tell you how many writers had never even been invited to their film premieres of movies they wrote. That was, it's just the writer. What the hell happens? He's the stepchild. They're the the most important. Without without them, there wouldn't be anything to perform. Right. And everybody should feel that way. And that's why we exist. You know, literally wrote the DNA for the, for the movie. That's right. That's, that's exactly it. The thing too, is writers really do give back. They care they they're they have a lot of empathy for people trying to break in like them because it was so hard you know and it's an emotional experience and and so a lot of them just come in on their own and they just get up there and do the panels and they share it and they i feel like they get a lot of satisfaction out of that too Uh and the other really cool thing and this is what we found out in year one the biggest problem we had that first year was everybody wanted to change their reservations going back because they wanted to stay for these people's panels (laughs) of people they had never met before, even though they had all written in the same town, big Academy Award winning stuff, part of the Writers Guild. They had never met each other and they loved each other's work and they wanted to sit in on someone else's panel. And so now what happens is 
they call it summer camp for writers <laughs> and they come in and they just want to hang out with these guys mm. that are their competitors in the industry, mm-hmm. but they love their craft of someone else and they want to hang out with them. And so we just like, we've gotten very lucky and they're just people who are just like us and they just appreciate each other's work. And they, because it's a craft, you know, everybody else on a film is together mm-hmm. making the film, the writers alone and he doesn't get to be part of that process often. Do the writers typically just sell their script and then like let it go? Like yeah. they don't go on set? Or get rewritten. Mm-hmm. Like somebody else comes in and does it. Or not so much in television, but in film for sure. And so, you know, and I, I remember at a panel one time, a couple of guys up there together, some of whom had rewritten each other. And then oh. they, and they, you know, I remember one of them saying, had I met you, I might not have rewritten you. <laughs> and like, it was just, no, that may not always happen, but I just thought it was a really interesting thing. It was like, well, I feel like that has to be like really hard to be a writer spending weeks, months working on a script. And then like you sell it to a studio. And when the movie comes out like three years later, it's completely different than the story that you wrote. Yeah. I feel like that would be super hard like, to take. It is. And sometimes it happens with people with their original ideas, which mm. is really heartbreaking. You have to let go. I mean, the process of letting go if you're a writer in the world of film is huge. And if you can't let go, it's a very hard job for you. And they talk mm. a lot about that in TV, less so. But in, you know, because you got a writer's room and you, but in film, you know, you may be hired to adapt a book mm. and then. And it may go to somebody else, but it's always going to go to a director who is going to envision it their way, sometimes Mm -hmm. better, sometimes just different, sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes, you know, and then you have those examples of the Flintstones movie where there were 32 screenwriters. And so how do you even know who, whose part was at that point? Yeah, exactly. And and you know, that movie was like telephone, (laughs) you know, at the end of it, it was like, what did we just see? This is terrible, you know? I just watched a documentary recently, or documentary, it's like a YouTube video, on uh, the infamous Super Mario Brothers movie that was oh, made in 1992. Yes. That so, went through so many writers, too, like 10, 12 different writers. I don't think people realize how um, magical this really is, and it really is like unicorns, you know, mm-hmm. that when you have a movie written by one person and directed by somebody else, and it turns out to be, you know, magnificent, how that, you know, magic was that somebody with a sensibility... Yeah. interpreted that writer's work in a way that was great. That's just incredible. That doesn't happen very often. But in TV, the crea- the writer is the creator usually or mm. part of the writer's room, mm. and they're everything. They run the show. The director, you don't even know director's names in TV mm. for the most part. Mm. You mm. know them in film. Mm. You know, So it's a very, it's, it's sort of the Sadie Hawkins version of yeah. film. <laughs> you know, everything's opposite. And so in that world, it's really interesting. Now you hear them talk to each other and when the digital and cable world exploded a lot of film writers went to tv mm-hmm. and is that why we have such high quality tv now yeah there's because you know, tv i watch more tv shows and movies now just yeah. because i feel like that they're like less pandering and mm-hmm. more so like they're also longer so you like tell like a more like in-depth story over the course yeah. of like 10 episodes or more there's definitely less Marvel comics in TV. <laughs> That's true. Although there are Marvel TV shows. There though, are, but, a, but only a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm going to see Avengers tomorrow. So. Yeah, I'm seeing it Monday. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. mean to right. diss it. We're definitely already got the tickets. So. Yeah, I'm excited for it. 
Yeah, I'll probably see it too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you not, even if you don't love it, it's just amazing to see how many people are up yeah, there. Yeah, it's the biggest a cast ever. And how they incorporate all of the heroes into one script mm-hmm. and that they spotlight each of them in appropriate amount of time. Like, how how do you even do that? Yeah, I'm so happy as to see that. They do writer. have great writers in that world now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way they develop that world is kind of like the way Disney was developing their writer crews, you know. So they, they really work a long, hard time. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm -hmm. that was developed for years out of a a team of writers that literally just work for them like the old studio system almost, you know, that they're working on it for a long time as opposed Mm -hmm. to, oh, here, go write this. So they have different process of doing that. And it's clearly working for them. The woman who wrote Guardians of the Galaxy is somebody that's come in here a number of times. And yeah. She's phenomenal, and she started literally very young working there to, where they told her to pick your comic book, mm. and uh-huh. that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, one yeah. thing, I mean, I don't want to get into any tangents about Marvel, but <laughs> I read something recently that, like, Marvel gives a lot of freedom to their uh, creators within the, as long as they're consistent yeah. within, the, within the universe. Right. They let them do what they want. So that's, like, one of the good things with the Marvel movies is that they have, con- they let creative freedom happen. Uh-huh. But I think we should get back to the film first. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you give away 300 scholarships to high school students mm-hmm. yep. in order to attend the film festival and mm-hmm. the conference? We do. We've been doing that since our first year. Not 300 the first year, but oh. I think we gave away like 20 the first year. But yeah, we've probably for the last 15 years, we've been doing about 300 each year. And it's it's mostly to high schools in AISD, although there are some other schools that are part of it. We have a writing program at a couple of schools in Austin in high schools, and it's in the English department. We don't work in the film department at those high schools, and a lot of schools have a film department because our interest is in communication. We're not trying to make filmmakers with those kids. We're Mm -hmm. trying to introduce them to another way to communicate. And when you write for film, you have to be thinking not about just what you're communicating in words, but what Mm -hmm. you're visually communicating, right? I mean, that's a really hard concept. And so if you can teach them to do that, there's so many other ways they can apply that in life. And so that's how our program is set up. Mm. It's called digital storytelling. And so through that, we also then offer these to all these students because there's a lot of kids who think, oh, film's so cool. And, it, mm-hmm. and they think it'll be easy, mm-hmm. you know, because look, and it's such a grueling choice for a job. I've heard a lot of complaints about the film industry, just like odd hours, long hours. You travel to like, different countries a lot. Thankless. Yeah. People yeah, don't appreciate but, you, you. But know. the most passionate people, because right. you really have to love what mm-hmm. you're doing. Right. And that and that's what we, you know, we try to impress the kids with while they're here. So they can go to the festival and attend all these panels and see, I mean, from the panel, like they get to go to films too. Their badges mm-hmm. get them into mm-hmm. that. But really what we want them to do is go to these panels and hear these people talk about what it's really like like what the expectations are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to be a writer and you have grammatical mistakes on the first three, five pages of your script, they're not even going to bother to read it in the oh, industry. They yeah. literally don't care. You have you have failed because you're mm-hmm. not, the number of people who are trying to break in is so significant. They don't have to take you if you're substandard. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes, pay mm-hmm. attention in your English class. And <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff where, you know, we want them to hear what it, what it's like to work on a TV show, what it's like to work 60 hour weeks. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, you think school's hard, wait till you pursue this but it's also rewarding these people are up there these writers are up there passionately talking about why they mm-hmm. pursued it and kept mm-hmm. with it and the persistence that it takes so we want them to hear that too and not necessarily just to discourage them but to also have them have a realistic look at it and decide oh maybe i just take this and i apply it to some other yeah. aspect you know not everyone gets a trophy 
in. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone gets an Oscar. I don't think we should get me started on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I have a kid in Your middle school. Skills. Yeah, no. yeah, that's right. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, the life, life is hard lesson is lost out yeah. there. That's just amazing that schools offer film mm-hmm. because when, when I was going to school, they didn't offer film. I think my school so. district did. I'm from Frisco, Texas, yeah. and we had this thing called the Career and Technology Education Center. And uh-huh. I think that we had some, we had, I think we had like culinary classes, animation classes, yeah. film classes, law classes there too. That's Austin. Almost every high school in Austin has a film program Doesn't or a media me. arts program, but they didn't like 10 years ago. Now they mm-hmm. do. And that's one of the funny things at the festival is really cool because there's six or 7,000 people at just the conference alone. Mm-hmm. And those people are mostly adults and this mm-hmm. is their passion in writing and they're trying to break in and they see those kids running around mm-hmm. and they all say the same thing. I mean, people will come up and say, this is so cool. I wish somebody had offered this to me when I was a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. So I didn't wait till I was 30 something mm-hmm. to try to realize my passion. And that it's really great seeing the kids in there because they also ask great questions, you know? They're not afraid. No, kids they're... ask the most blunt questions. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we had the writer for Creed here last year and his panel was full of high school students and Mm. he was so cool because he's not that old he's probably only in his early 30s and they just have had this incredible career he and ryan coogler Mm. and they they were friends and i think they went to usc and they were friends at usc and they just they were trying to figure out what kind of spec script they would write in college Mm. and they had this idea to let's just rewrite rocky you know, I was like, what? Why would you do that? That's, yeah. that, you know, most people probably would have said, that's a terrible idea, yeah. but it worked really well yeah, for them. Yeah, you know? well, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know it was like really good. Really it was awesome well. film. It's so great. It's so great. Was that premiered here at the film fest? No, we did a, a script to screen of it though. He and I conversed about why they made the choices they made and how they basically had the guts to rewrite Rocky and why they thought to re-envision it and mm-hmm. why they went after Sylvester Stallone to see if mm-hmm. instead of being insulted if he would be part mm-hmm. of it which totally worked I mean That's everything awesome. they did was counterintuitive and it all worked yeah you know? and it was a great movie so but you should that's an episode that's an on story episode the the interview of him and he's great yeah so, let's get to that on yeah. story is like one reason why we're recording today mm-hmm. is that and releasing so soon like we never really have a turnaround this quickly for an episode uh-huh. is because you're doing a fundraising campaign for on story mm-hmm. which is as i understand a pbs show uh-huh. and a podcast about writing right mm-hmm. so we have a tv show that's in our eighth season that's on PBS stations uh, nationwide. We're on 90% of the PBS stations almost. And then we have a a radio show that's also cut similarly that's on PRI. Um, Both the TV and the radio show are here on KUT and KLRU. And then uh, that's on like 20 stations on PRI. And then we um, have a podcast that now had like a million and a half downloads or something like that somewhere near there and then we have a, a book series with ut press oh i don't know about that yeah that's really wow. cool so and it's always like a giant brand yeah and the, like... <laughs> the third book is about to come out um in what October. else do you have <laughs> you know, well, i mean and, and then that whole archive of 20 so we've been taping the festival for 25 years so all wow. these people have come in like when bottle rockets came out oh, we had yeah. wes anderson owen wow. wilson and luke wilson here talking to frank pearson this legendary writer at the driscoll hotel and you know, like we have all this content that's in this archive, mm-hmm. literally tens of thousands of 
panels. And they are in the archive at the Whitliffe Collections at Texas State University. So we have done, like, we've taken this archive and we've turned wow. it into a TV radio podcast because everybody wants to know how to write. And so it's all in there and from these incredible people who've done it over the years. So we started turning it into KLRU humored us and put the show on the air and then it got all this pickup. So we were very lucky. But that's why we're doing the crowdfunding. Money in public media that's kind of an oxymoron. And so we have to fund the show. We've been funding it through the festival for a long time. And so now we're trying to fund it through this crowdfunding campaign. But it's really cool, too, because it's put us back in touch with our audience in a way that's pretty neat. I mean, that's a really positive aspect. And then another really positive aspect is because our people who've been on the show, our big panelists and stuff that come for years, they've been really helpful. And a lot of them have given. Oh, and nice. they've also then like, oh, hey, I have this new movie coming out or, oh, I'm about to do, you know, and it, and we're now looking at stuff we're going to be doing for this year's festival through reconnecting with some of those people again that, you know, you have this huge network and you can't always communicate yeah. with them. Yeah. So the thing that kind of surprised me at the Austin Film Fest is that when we initially reached out to you, I thought that you guys were just a eight day long film fest. I know that you had so many different things to do. How yeah. did it go from just a small film fest to like being in like an industry? I don't know. I think I have OCD <laughs> in some way and very focused um, mm. where, you know, you start doing something and there's, you're working with so many incredibly creative people and we have had an amazing staff over the years. And this is a town where people, you know, then after we started all of these other, there's so many film festivals in this town now. So you have to stay relevant. Part of that relevance, though, is you know, just having so many events. Like this weekend alone, we have three events. And mm, we're always doing something. We're doing something at Texas State University with a, our, one of the showrunners of Bob's Burgers. And he was a producer right, on King I of the Hill. Jim is amazing. And his collection is also from King of the Hill is also at the Whitliff collections. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we have an event today, a writer's mm -hmm. write-off day that we're doing out at New Republic Studios. They're really amazing. If you've never been out there, go check mm -hmm. it out. If you're a film person, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. And they're just out MLK all the way. <laughs> Almost going. a fast drop. Keep going. Just keep going. Just keep yeah, it. keep going. You'll and then when you the light when there's no more barbecue and no more, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're literally on a dirt road almost. But they are doing that event with us and then Monday night we, you know, have a screening. And so we constantly do events because you kind of have to, you know. And also we do all these conversations now that we have the TV and radio show and it's sort of you have to just do stuff all the time. And it's exciting, you know, it kind of keeps you going. I don't free time. Hmm. I yeah, know. I was going to ask, do you have any free time? No. We always like to ask our guests that. Yeah, like how do how you, do you, sleep? Do you ever How sleep? do you manage your time? No, I don't manage my day. Well, after this, then I have a 12-year-old, so there's plenty. Of <laughs> there's no, there's just no. And the thing is, though, we do a lot of fun, interesting, exciting things. So it's, mm. it's. It's fulfilling. Keeps it fresh and yeah. fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. Does she want to go into film she, too? I don't know if she wants to. She now is uh, taking photographs at all our events. She loves photography. Uh -huh. And the Whitliff collections that we're in has this amazing photography collection. And so she's been there. She literally was born six weeks before a festival. Oh. So I stuck her in a front pack and she's <laughs> been at every one of them since yeah. she was born so for her it's very exciting second and nature yeah you know she moves into the driscoll like eloise and attends all the stuff and mm. well this is kind of like going back into the mm -hmm. film festival but some of the short films they are eligible for academy right. award how yeah. does that all work We've been working with the Academy literally since year one. They have been very kind to us. And we have a screenplay competition that I think we had 10,000 scripts last year in. The Nickel is the 
king of the screenplay competitions mm-hmm. and they're run by the Academy of Motion Pictures. In the very beginning, they helped us. Like I said, there was a screenwriter running the Academy at that point. And there was a guy named Greg Beale who went to UT mm-hmm. who um, was running their Nickel Fellowship. And he was he was just so incredibly helpful. So we got lucky and they helped us. And ever since then, we've had this relationship with the Academy. Now we do a grant program. They grant uh, and help us do this diversity program mm-hmm. at the festival. So we're bring, we do panels and have panelists come in that are part of that program. The last couple of years, we've been doing that with them. So the Academy, like I said, has been helping us since the beginning. And when we started adding film to it in year mm-hmm. two with a competition, we applied to their program that uh, is eligibility for short film films, short documentaries, mm-hmm. short um, narrative mm-hmm. content, and, the, and short animation. And those three categories are actually part of of the program that if you win here, juried winning, not audience award, but if you win the jury, you are shortlisted um, through the Academy. And so the, the film heaven is a traffic jam on the 405 that won the documentary this year, won our competition. Mm -hmm. And he'd actually been turned down by a few festivals. And then we picked, we, we took him and he won everything. He literally won that year, he won the Jury Award, the Audience Award, and the Hiscox Courage Award. Wow. It's such an amazing uh, short documentary. And he, when he won the Academy Award this year, wow. he was like, "Wow!" And we'd had a couple of films that um, were shortlisted, that were actually nominated before through the shortlist program. Another one that had won, I think two maybe that had won, called The Accountant by a really great writer named Ray McKinnon and Walt Goggins also. They're both actors that wrote and produced so we've you know that's happened in the past but it's really cool when it happens you know that somebody Mm -hmm. that comes through the festival actually gets that you gave them the chance the festival definitely gives them that opportunity yeah and so so that's pretty cool my question on top of that then is like what kind of influence has the film fest had on the on the film community as a whole then well i think the austin community yeah i think i'd have to look at it in two ways we're very we're an odd film festival because we're about writers so everything including documentaries mm. has to have a narrative structure okay so okay. so even our sh- short documentaries and the feature documentaries what you show mm-hmm. they're not verite they're very much narrative mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it's about storytelling and so in that sense we're an opportunity for people who in the film community as a whole out there in the world an opportunity mm-hmm. for people who don't necessarily have great filmmaking skills mm-hmm. um that they they aren't necessarily lit beautifully and mm. uh set up you know with this eye from a director but they are very much storytelling vehicles mm-hmm. and so if it's a great story we don't care you know, we really don't i mean your audience will forgive that as soon as that heart moment happens where an audience member buys into the story you're telling it doesn't matter how well you're lit you know mm-hmm. it really is oh this is something you know i'm totally emotionally involved with. And so that's how we look at it. So for the local community, we really encourage people to, we do a lot of things during the year, like these filmmaker roundtables and opportunities for people to meet other people Mm. who they may be more storyteller oriented, but not know how to dip their feet into it. They may not have gone to film school. They may just be a person who feels like they're a storyteller and they feel like they have a great story Mm. for film. So we introduce them to people so that they can find the way to invent that wheel themselves. You know, how do I get into this and do it? Oh, look, I went to this roundtable thing and I met a DP and I met a person who's a producer that could help me create a budget and somebody who could help me cast. So that's that's what we try to do. And so I feel that that is very much a local program that we do Mm -hmm. all year long. 
we do a lot of script readings because that's mm-hmm. our focus. And so we will, somebody can submit a script and we'll look at it and decide, okay, we'll read this script. We'll cast it. We'll help them cast it. We have some venues that we use here that will take them up there and they can hear it being done mm. read before they actually are ready. You know, that way they can go back and say, oh, this didn't work or that joke wasn't funny yeah, to the audience yeah. or, you know what I mean? And then they'll go back and relook at it. So we're, we try to help people workshop things mm-hmm. and get ready ready to actually be prepared to shoot. Okay, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And that I bet that empowers them too. They have all that they need at mm-hmm. their fingertips now with a conference and with a festival. Yeah, we really try to do that. There's so many opportunities in Austin, too, because it's a very rich film community mm-hmm. for other people to do that. But there's also a lot of filmmakers. You know, as you know, it's really hard and expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. So we try now to, you know, we really want to encourage filmmakers to stay and not mm-hmm. to leave. And so we try to have as many opportunities that pretty much we're a nonprofit and almost all of our money goes right back into the Austin community. Mm-hmm. We are trying to encourage our local community, even though tourism is what drives the festival. Those mm-hmm. people are coming in here, spending their money mostly from um, LA, New York, mm-hmm. other places where there's film center and they come here to meet other people from LA and New York yeah, <laughs> because they can't meet them in LA, yeah. New York. So they fly all the way here. I mean, it's kind of a funny yeah. short documentary if you think about it like yeah, a short funny. animation like get on the airplane fly to austin meet all the people they, you they can't meet be, in la yeah they could be on the same flight yeah, and they but, don't even know it and they are and then, yeah they, they actually are and then they're like oh and hi. i can't tell you how many people meet at the airport or in our vans on the yeah. way back to the mm. hotel from the airport and they're like oh 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 and i would never be able to meet you in los angeles <laughs> so funny. it is like, funny it's a really like we are so count this whole festival is so counterintuitive it's like yeah. what but it's like a giant conference room (laughs) but it's in austin it's in austin that's right but that's why we don't have any vip places either because they're all meeting each other in the bars they're Mm -hmm. at the bars at the driscoll at the parties yeah yeah like the one of the best things you could do i think is like have like people like different walks of life like interact with each other in a very open environment yeah i mean i can tell you stories about sitting walking through the bar at the driscoll when i'm running off to do an intro somewhere and seeing oliver stone talking to registrants at the bar or the cohen brothers sitting in those chairs at the driscoll with 20 people that are registrants surrounding them talking to them or it's amazing that that yeah. that that's what it is you know and we did that that first year not even thinking that that's what that meant but we're not a fe- like it's Sundance you cannot access those people oh really no is, uh, good luck is yeah. Austin Film Fest like one of the very few without VIPs though? yeah we are vi- um, one of the very few so yeah if you want so I mean we have the, we have those people and they're directly in the system they just and they know because the writers they don't care they're they're actually they're happy to talk to those people mm-hmm. and everybody's equal then too mm-hmm. and they're more approachable yeah I think that promotes the awesome Austin way too. I think the Austin way is I'm going to actually walk up to you and talk to you. Yeah. You know, this town's always been very accepting that way. It's Mm. just like nobody, it's really, you know, I'd even say not so much accepting. It's just that nobody cares. Yeah, they're all doing their own thing. Yeah. Everybody's very, there's a very maverick spirit to this place. Which I think that, is like the, uh, the best kind of accepting in that way is that if it's just part of normal life, just like nobody cares. Like, yeah. oh yeah. Like, yeah, go ahead. Do that. Yeah. As long as they aren't hurting you by. Yeah. That, I you do care. you. And you, you leave you. me. And you leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. Cool. Let's go, you yeah. know, listen to music. Yeah. Do you uh, feel like that the rise in things like YouTube and podcasting could have increased like people's interest in screenwriting or film production? 
You know, it's funny. Um, we did this huge thing on podcasting last year. We brought all these big podcasters mm. in, fiction podcasters in uh, um, to the to the festival with with Limetown and oh, yeah, uh, Homecoming and all the like a lot yeah, of big Homecoming, shows, bright sessions. We had people from all those places here, and we because we launched our podcast mm. competition last year, and they were all talking. And you know what? What almost all of them were filmmakers. Yeah, I know they the, were the... almost all of them, and they and they, and they couldn't get satisfaction in that world because there were just so many people so they just said i've got a script i'm just going to make a podcast Mm -hmm. out of it i you know it doesn't take that much money and so they did it and now phew you know and so they're all people who are now going the other way their podcasts are becoming tv shows Mm. or films Mm. or um something else or they've just continued on with more which i think is really cool to me that's about as american as it gets Mm. it's like i figured out another way to get in did it myself and I don't need you, Hollywood. And now yeah. Hollywood comes knocking, you know, and it's, and they're like, oh, sure. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> so before we sign off, do you have any word for aspiring filmmakers or writers out there? Well, A, I think anybody who's a writer really needs to come to the festival and hear people mm-hmm. talk. And you definitely need to download all the millions of scripts that are sitting on the internet and mm-hmm. read them and look great, great scripts to see what, how people wrote them and the the style they use and to see that it really is its own art form that most people are completely unfamiliar with. You know, the last thing would be just persistence. Don't give up. You just got to share your work and show it to people and take criticism, learn to take it and keep going and keep going Mm. and keep going and then wait for that moment where you're in the right place at the right time. And we always like to ask our signature questions since Mm -hmm. we're everyday superhumans. Uh (laughs) If you or the Austin Film Festival would be a superhero, what superhero would it be? And you can make up the superhero too. It doesn't have to be Spider-Man or Batman. Hmm. I don't know. I think our superhero would be one that probably doesn't yet exist in the Marvel or DC universe. And it could be anyone almost amorphous that was just a superhero whose mind and heart were truly connected because I think that's what great writing really is. Are you a film buff looking out for the Nexus and Kane? Are you an aspiring scriptwriter on the search for tips and tricks of the trade? Or are you just looking for a film fest to attend this October? Then look no further than austinfilmfestival.com to learn all about the film fest and their year-long events. They can also be found on facebook.com slash austinfilmfestival and on Twitter and Instagram at austinfilmfest. If you're looking for behind-the-scenes interviews with some of Hollywood's most notable film writers, check out the On Story podcast and TV show at onstory.tv. For their podcast, subscribe to it with your favorite podcast player, or you can go to onstory.tv slash podcast. Looking for some good news to add to your life? We can help you with that. Restore your faith in humanity at everydaysuperhumans.com, where you can learn all about the people making the world a better place and find your calling. While you're there, check out our Find Your Cause quiz to find a nonprofit just right for you. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter to get a little dose of superhuman news and charity opportunities happening in Austin. And finally, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SuperhumansCast, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydaysuperhumans, and check out our Instagram at everydaysuperhumans. Have we, Everyday Superhumans, helped restore your faith in humanity? Then be sure to rate and subscribe to Everyday Superhumans on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or wherever you like to get your podcast. And remember, not every hero has to fly, so grab your cape and let's go.